Hello and welcome to New Fiken. I am Irina and today I am talking to Silvia Trevisan, who recently finished her PhD at KTH, the Royal Institute of Science and Technology in Stockholm. Silvia's thesis is called Renewable Heat on Demand. Hi Silvia, the first thing I will ask you was what was the general aim of your thesis? Yeah, well, the very broad uh, goal of the thesis was to, well, try to develop technologies that could provide renewable heat on demand. Now, if we go a little bit more into the specifics, the point was to, well, develop and was validate in the lab uh, some sort of, let's say, a cost-effective battery. And when I say cost-effective, I mean uh, a cheap as well as sustainable and uh, efficient technology. Uh, and at the same time, well, a battery for us was um, a thermal energy storage, so a device able to store thermal energy, so basically heat. Yeah, that, that was the goal. I see. So on demand is because you're building a battery and heat is because you're building a battery that stores heat. Where does the renewable part come from? Well, the renewable part comes from, I would say, two major aspects. First one, that the kind of systems where we are thinking of installing this device we developed, it's or are based on renewable, uh, the, the energy to charge the storage, uh, it's meant to come from renewable sources. That's the first reason. And the second reason is that the aim is also to use sustainable materials for the storage. So uh, as much make use of waste materials, for example, or natural materials for the main part of the storage itself. Can you uh, please walk me through the research questions? The, I, I, th- I mean, the, ma- the main research questions we had was at the first point, just to try to understand uh, in which kind of context, so which kind of energy systems also we could use the storages, or also try to understand which were the conditions for our storage to be as effective and as efficient as possible. And then, uh, so that was covering mostly then the system perspective. And then we looked a bit more into the material, so more into the specifics. Uh, so try to understand which kind of materials we could use, um, how to improve their performances, how to make it as efficient as possible. And then, well, afterwards, we looked more at the component level, so the device itself. Uh, and there, there we looked at how to improve the design, um, how to maybe improve designs that were already being developed somehow in the literature. Um, those were, I think, the main, the main points for our research questions. So when it comes to the importance of your research, in some sense, this is pretty self-explanatory. The moment you say sustainable or renewable or um, efficiency. But I will still ask you where exactly, because you, you, where exactly is your research placed in terms of applicability, because I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess that you are not researching things that will be in production next year. It's a kind of different time. Yeah, the, the time scale is probably a bit different, uh, but uh, not that much anyway. Um, but, uh, well, in general, I think the main, the main point uh, is that uh, Whenever we are dealing with renewable energies, uh, they are flexible. So they do fluctuate all the time. Um, For example, the sun is shining, the wind is blowing sometimes, sometimes it's not, and so on. So the major point is that we do need some kind of storage. And that's uh, where the the storage comes from in general. We will need for sure a lot of different variety of storages. So that's 
what we developed, it's not going to be the solution for all, everything, of course. Um, and then, well, I think that's the main kind of frame where our research uh, fit into. Um, and of course, it has to be strongly rated being a very um, applied kind of research as to be somehow strongly related to the to the industry and have uh, industries that are actually interested into this and uh, um, trying to further improve the maturity of the technology and so on. Did you yourself work with in industry partners? Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, um, all of the program here, the vast majority, I would say, of the PhD, postdocs, and so on, uh, in general, the research we are doing here, the, the energy department, it's normally together with uh, with industries. Uh, so for, in my specific case, I was working together with a Swedish company. Um, they, they were providing some part of the funds for the research, uh, and in general, Sometimes it's just one company. Sometimes it's you know larger projects with a lot of different uh, companies as well as other university or research centers involved. So how did you find the PhD program? Was it through uh, the university that you found the industry partner, or was it an established partnership that you joined, or were you coming from the industry and they? Uh, no. I, I wasn't coming from the industry, so I came from uh, a normal master before I was doing the university. Um, and uh, well, when I started, the project was already ongoing in a way. So the, the, the relationship was already there and they had uh, between this company, Azelio, by the way, um, uh, they had already a few projects before with the departments. So it wasn't a totally new kind of relationship. Um, so yeah, I think that that's that's it. Okay, so now now I guess it's time to get a bit technical and okay. uh, get uh, into. So you described thermal energy storage as being a battery that should store thermal energy. Um, right. What is it from a physical point of view? And how does it look? If you can explain that. <laughs> Sure. Uh, well, uh, from a technical perspective, we can, um, well, stop me if I'm going too technical, but uh, you can store thermal energy in three different ways normally. The first one, it's just that you uh, increase or decrease the temperature of the material where you're storing your energy. That's the first one. That's what it's called sensible storage. Then the second one, it's uh, what it's called latent thermal energy storage. And there basically, you are not storing in a um, temperature change, but you're, but you're storing in a phase change. So, for example, when the water starts to boil, uh, you change the phase from liquid to gas, and that's how you store it. Um, and then, well, you can also store into like more thermochemical kind of storages where you do exploit chemical reactions that provide energy or absorbs energy. So these are the three main uh, ways of storing energy. In, in our case, it was basically, you can think about it just like a big tank filled with materials, solid materials, were just like uh, small rocks. And then we had uh, air, in our case, going through them and eating them up when we want to charge it, so whenever we want to store the energy. And then, well, releasing it to the particles and to the rocks and leaving um, the storage at a lower temperature, and then whenever we wanted to discharge it, 
we would enter with uh, cold air, then it would go through these rocks and then absorb the heat from these rocks and these solid materials, get warmed up, and then leave the storage at the much higher temperatures. That's how you can think about it. Okay, so it's through passing um, flow of air that you, a flow of cold air that then gets warmed up that you use up your battery. Yeah, that's basically uh, how this specific kind of storage works. So bunch of solid materials, a heat transfer fluid, in our case, air going through them uh, and releasing or absorbing heat, heat to them from them. Um, and then, well, in the lab, we build up the whole uh, uh, storage itself. So a bit of more of a complex geometry and uh, complex design for it, but that's like the very basic principle. So when it's not uh, being charged or discharged and it's just being stored, uh, does it have to be in a vacuum or? No, 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 it just uh, stays there basically. Uh, we have some insulation around, of course, um, but then pretty much it stays there. Uh, there is no vacuum or anything like that around it. And by the way, when I speak about high temperature storage, I speak about temperatures around 700 Celsius. Okay, that was going to be another oh, one question about numbers, so the temperature. And the other one is the time. How long uh, is, can you store it for? Um, well, uh, uh, in general, for this kind of system, the, the time frame we are aiming for, it's a daily kind of storage. So, uh, and it's also what is uh, in general a bit needed in the market because whenever we are speaking about batteries, for example, they normally store for a rather short amount of time or they are cost effective at a rather short amount of time. And then we do have other kinds of storages, maybe fuels or maybe hydrogen and so on that can be cost effective at much larger scale and much larger durations. And then what we are kind of missing right now in the market is solutions for these daily or so uh, fluctuations. So that's like 12 hours or so, the kind of time that we, we were aiming for. So the way that I read your thesis, there were, was a twofold goal. One was about evaluating existing technologies and quantifying their its performance. And one was about developing or furthering it. Sorry. One was about developing or furthering it. Um, can you tell me a bit about um, this evaluate the evaluation of current of existing technologies part? Um, yeah, I mean, um, well, one point in evaluating existing technologies was mostly to, um, well, I, I would say on, on one side uh, to assess their limitations and understand how can we improve it and how can we push it forward. Uh, so that's one first point. And then in general, uh, assess the current technology. It's also because in many of the energy systems that we were targeting for right now, we do not have storage. Uh, so we need to understand these kind of energy systems. We need to understand which are their requirements. We need to understand how can we think of including storages there and which would be uh, the working conditions for the storages in order to, well, develop the best technologies uh, that can fit and that can target 
these requirements from a bit of a broader perspective. I have one more question about context and then we'll go and delve into your result. And this is about the United Nations Sustainability Development Goals. Mm-hmm. Um, because I saw that in your introduction, you put your research in context of those goals in a uh, really nice way. And I think it's um, maybe very interesting for listeners to, to hear where exactly energy storage fits with the, with the goals. So if you can explain that. Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, I like to put it in this context of the, the sustainable development goal, because working at the energy technology department and in general working with energy, uh, that's something we should always, uh, I mean, bringing our contribution toward this sustainable development goals should be something that is in our mind whenever we are doing some work, I think. Uh, and then in general, well, uh, I think energy storage can provide contribution to many of these goals. First of all, of course, whenever we are dealing with renewable energy, we are uh, you know, targeting this affordable and clean energy goal. So basically, uh, as I said before, storages are always needed whenever we are dealing with renewable energies, which are hardly uh, controllable in a way. They do fluctuate. So um, to, to be able to integrate them in a, in a nice way and in a productive way, we need something that can balance out these, uh, these flexibility uh, needs and that storages can be that. And then, of course, well, it does depend a bit on the kind of storage that you're developing, but uh, when it comes to thermal energy storage, for example, like in our case, uh, actually, the one of the major consumption that we have in terms of energy, it's, uh, it's thermal energy, it's heat. And one of the main places where we, we do need that, it's the, the industrial sector. So um, by developing storages for high temperatures and for uh, thermal energy in general, uh, we are kind of providing uh, solutions and possibly better technologies for, for the industrial sector. So bringing uh, innovation there and uh, um, possibly higher efficiencies into, into them. Uh, and the same it's worth also for what concerned the whole uh, cities part, uh, because of course, well, maybe at lower temperatures, but we could use energy storages in a lot of different facilities, like district heating, for example, uh, in many of the cities. Um, and well, another point, of course, I think it's that uh, particularly when it comes to, to thermal energy storage, uh, one important way that we can use them is to take advantages of all of the waste heat that we have. So whenever, for example, we do have uh, flue gases out of a furnace or out of a power plant or whatever, and they normally are at pretty high temperatures, and then we just waste that heat. And instead of having energy storages, it's something that uh, can provide us the possibility to harvest those flue gases, for example, uh, the heat into them and make use of, of it somehow, store it, and then maybe use it later on in some other processes and so on. So we can have a more uh, uh, responsible consumption and a more wise uh, production of energy in a way. Okay, I was trying to look up the goals such that I could name the numbers where uh, this fit, but I um, wasn't able, so we can um, give up on that part. Yeah, I mean, I I do have the numbers if you want. 
yeah i mean uh, specifically uh, i think the one i listed were like um, um this goal number 7 so an affordable and clean energy uh for uh providing more uh possibility for the renewables to to play into the market uh, goal number 8 so have a decent work and economic growth uh mostly due to the fact that well uh having storages could have uh, or could provide um basically more more reliability for the energy to, to then goal number nine so industry innovation and infrastructure mostly because what i said before so uh, providing industrial heat and being able to uh well have better performances within the industrial sector uh goal number 11 so have more sustainable cities and communities goal number 12 uh, responsible consumption and production mostly due to the fact that uh, well, we could largely reduce the waste of energy that we have by introducing storages. And then, well, of course, uh, goal number 13, so uh, climate actions, because I guess whenever we are dealing with renewables and with uh, uh, renewable energy, we are, of course, working towards a better climate. And also having storages is something that can, in general, improve a bit, uh, the, uh, let's say, the reliance that or the the resilience that we have through what the uh, possible and potential future climate changes thank you um but now i think we are ready to go into the technical details of what you actually spent four or five or several years of your life on we will not be able to cover everything that is in your thesis but as we talked we would focus on what you call the techno-economic assessment of um, storage. And the first question I have, of course, is what is techno-economic assessment? Do the technological and the economic part go together? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, doing techno-economic assessment of energy systems in general, it's, uh, it's a way to understand the performances of the energy system that we are uh, investigating, let's say, from a bit of a more comprehensive perspective. So we are not just looking at the thermodynamic performances, let's say how efficient the system is, how much energy it can provide, how much uh, uh, CO2 it can save and so on, but we are including into that kind of evaluation also the economic aspect. So we look into, well, how much this system would cost when we want to install it, how much it would cost when we want to run it, and so doing the here, for example, uh, and then we basically merge these together and we end up with um, well typical metrics but also a general overview of the performances from both the technological side and the thermodynamic side and the thermal side but also from the well the more economic part can you tell me about your system uh, in a bit more detail well when it comes to the techno-economic assessment let's say there we uh, well throughout all of the phd we looked into a large variety of energy systems um, what i focused on in my thesis was uh, uh, to apply and to use this kind of energy storage into csp solutions so csp means concentrating solar power well one of the possible ways of exploiting solar energy so for solar energy we do or we might be familiar with uh, like PV panels, for example, and there we just start from solar irradiation and we do produce electricity with 
thermal panels. So there we just have set of black pipes maybe and we do produce hot water and that's it. And we can use it in our buildings and apartments and et cetera. And then we do have this concentrating solar power where basically what we are doing is uh, that we um, start from the solar irradiation. We then have a bunch of mirrors. Um, we can concentrate the solar irradiation in one point or in one line, depending. And then in that point, we do achieve way higher temperatures than what we have when we do produce hot water. Uh, and so we can achieve, well, all the way from, let's say, 400 Celsius up to even 1,000 Celsius, depending on the specific of the technology that we are uh, dealing with. And then, well, the point is that at that point, once we have that thermal energy, because we have a fluid at high temperatures, then we can either store it, and that's where the storage comes into play, or we can uh, just use that thermal energy as in uh, traditional power plant cycles. So um, concentrated solar power refers to this system of mirrors that enables you to reach higher temperatures than in a simple panel? Exactly. And for these kind of plants, the fact that we do have the storage and that the storage can be uh, rather cost competitive and, co and cheap, it's, uh, well, one of the main advantages when it comes to renewables because it's one of the few renewables, maybe beside hydropower, that can be uh, easily dispatched and controlled because you store it in the storage that it's rather cheap, much cheaper than the batteries, normal ones. To, so you, you study this battery in the context of the whole plant, right? Exactly. So what were your findings? Well, uh, I think in the simplest terms, uh, when we look at the system and when we look at these kind of systems, uh, one major conclusion was that, first of all, the storage is uh, a key part of these systems and we need them to make this system work. Uh, and then another major conclusion was that this kind of power plant, though being rather innovative, they can still provide electricity at costs and performances that are competitive. Uh, what I did just described till now, so the system perspective and understanding how the storage perform into the overall system was sort of the first part of my PhD. And then in the second part of it, I looked more into developing the component itself. And then, well, we build it up here in the, in the labs, here at KTH. Well, it's not such a big thing. It's like uh, one meter in diameter and half a meter in height. So it's like a cylinder cat tank. And then, well, we run a lot of tests. And then, uh, um, well, out of this, we mostly measured uh, like the efficiencies that this storage can provide in terms of how much energy can we store during the charge phase with respect to the one that we have and we are delivering to it. And then we also measure it in terms of how much can energy can we actually gather and obtain from it when we are discharging it with respect to the one that we have inputted into it during the charge part. And that was for being a prototype in the lab, uh, I would say quite a good result. Um, and then, well, we also measured like a lot of temperatures around, it was uh, kind of fun to have so many different thermocouples and the temperature measurements around. Provide us some um, insight on 
not just understanding the performances of the components that we develop, but also an understanding how to further improve it. So we were able to figure out some uh, drawbacks, let's say, and limitations of the component that we developed and that we tested. And then out of those, well, we propose some uh, future improvements, and that's partially also what we are working on right now. That is very interesting. So you, exactly. next, what, what are the next? Uh, well, we figured out a few drawbacks. We had uh, some of them were also quite um, maybe trivial ones, uh, if you think about them backward and now. Uh, but when you start from the beginning and uh, uh, you're developing some kind of something new, then uh, you might miss some of them and then uh, uh, you get maybe some errors. One thing we are doing, for example, is to, well, change a bit of the design of the components, trying to have, um, I don't want to go into the details, but, or too much into the technical side, but have more layers, one after the others of different materials, different sizes of the materials and so on, such that we can have best performances in terms of temperatures and energy that we can store, but also in terms of all of the losses that we might have uh, both in terms of thermal losses, so the amount of energy that we release to the environment, to the surrounding environment, but also another thing that it's important when it comes to these kind of storages, and particularly when we are working with air as a, or a gas in general as a heat transfer fluid, it's that we want to limit the, the the pressure losses that we have, so the pressure drop between the inlet and the outlet of it, and uh, and that's something we are working on basically changing the design and trying to understand how to limit. I think in general, uh, we are recognizing the role of energy storage independently on the kind of technology that we are dealing with, but there is much more interest uh, into the energy storage field, whether they are batteries, uh, thermal solutions, or whatever else. Uh, and then when it comes to high temperature thermal energy storage, like the, a bit more the specific of the technology I was working on, uh, we do have quite a lot of interest into that right now. Um, we are, well, recognizing that we are going to need energy storage, that we are going to need energy storage into a lot of different variety of forms. And we are also recognizing that actually one of the main consumption that we have is heat. And even though we speak a lot about electricity, we are a bit missing the discussion about heating. But I think, at least from a technical perspective, um, we are starting to work a lot into that, and uh, and we are recognizing the value of energy storage. So in summary, yes, there is a lot going on, uh, a lot of you know companies, uh, startups, and kind of things like this that are popping up and working on uh, uh, thermal energy storages and energy storage in general. Okay, that sounds hopeful. <laughs> Stop recording. I will thank you again, Silvia, for joining. More than welcome.